It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. This episode comes out on May 2nd, 2022, and I will be at an event on that day. (laughs) You didn't know this already. I record generally a week or more ahead of the time that the episodes come out. So right now I'm in Los Angeles preparing for this event and this road trip that is accompanying it, which maybe I will share as I have in previous episodes because I just love road trips. I've been really pushing myself to create more photo and video content. So I've been posting more on my personal Instagram, which is at wit, Lauritsen, W-H-I-T-L-A-U-R-I-T-S-E-N. And I've been trying to get myself to do more TikToks. Actually, neither of them are feeling like something I have to do. It's something I actually want to do, but I often find myself struggling with that. Part of that is because I'm learning so much about the way my brain works. And a lot of that feels really overwhelming, complicated, exhausting for me. And I have a lot going on right now (laughs) in my professional life. And I'm trying not to add too much to my plate. And I'm interested to see what's going to happen at this event that I'm going to, which is called CEX. It stands for the Creator Economy Expo, I believe. And I think it's the very first time that they're doing this. Generally, those type events don't really appeal to me. I've been to many in the past, VidCon being an example of one. I have done a lot of creator type events over the years that I've worked as a content creator. And a lot of them don't feel very valuable to me, aside from networking with people, being around other people. I don't typically learn a lot. But when I saw the lineup of people that are going to this event, it was amazing. Previous to that, though, I was initially interested in going to this event because the platform that I use for my cryptocurrency social token, which is what the majority of this episode is going to be about, is called Rally. I joined this Rally platform in August 2021. And I've been learning so much about blockchain technology, NFTs, cryptocurrency, et cetera, since joining that. And they actually are doing an entire day right before CEX starts. So they're doing it in conjunction with each other. And I was thrilled because it's not that far from me. It's in Phoenix, which is about a six-hour drive from Los Angeles. And I've been wanting to do this road trip anyways. So I thought, all right, I'll go to this rally event. Maybe I'll go to CEX too. And then, like I said, I saw the lineup and they're incredible people. I'll link to it, of course. It's cex.events. And I'll put a link to that along with anything else I mentioned. I'm going to be talking about a lot today. It's going to be a little bit of a techie episode, creator focused and talking about the blockchain and the future of the internet, in my opinion. And all of that will be linked and transcribed for you over at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. In the podcast section of every single episode of the show, there's a transcript as well as links to whatever I mentioned to make it super easy for you to refer back to something. Anyways, I'm actually speaking at both events. I just got added to the speakers list for CEX, which I'm really excited about. Speaking publicly is a passion of mine and something I want to pursue more now that the pandemic has shifted things and I'm starting to go back to events. I would like to get back into the swing of things. And part of the reason I wanted to attend is because some great speakers that I respect are going to be there. So I know I'm going to learn from them, but maybe I'll also like get some ideas or perspectives about public speaking and the content creator world. I'm always interested in, even though I don't really do much on the influencer side, this podcast is certainly content. And I work a lot with uh, small businesses on developing their content strategy. So I love being in the know about that stuff. Generally, this is why I avoid those events that feel a little bit too much like 
it's about the influencer business. That's that's just not my thing anymore. However, Rally has given me some really different perspectives on what's happening for content creators and what's going to evolve. So I'm going to talk about them today. And similar to some previous episodes, I'm actually <laughs> going to answer some questions. I'm laughing because I think this, what, the third episode recently I've done this. I'm doing like a little interview with the Rally team. I don't know exactly what they're using it for. Maybe some video or a blog post. I'm a bit unclear. It could also just be for internal usage, but it seems like something that's going to be public facing. And they sent me all the questions in advance. And of course, I'm like, well, I might as well record a podcast episode about it. But before I get into that, I want to talk more about what Rally is because I feel like it's so new and it's very confusing to a lot of people. And I want to make sure that you understand because it is hopefully going to be a big part of my work. As I mentioned, I started on this platform, which is built for content creators in August or maybe it was even July 2021. And it changed so much for me. I see a massive future there. I think there's just a lot of amazing benefits to that, like I'm going to talk about today. And this will appeal to you, whether you are a content creator like me or want to be, or you enjoy supporting content creators, or you enjoy finding new ways to generate revenue or income for yourself. By the way, I need to pause there because I got to be so clear with you that it is my intention to never take a marketing, like multi-level marketing type of approach to the work that I do in the blockchain world. I think there are a lot of people that are skeptical of it because it feels a bit scammy to some. Some people are afraid of the security sides of it. Some people are just afraid that they're going to be taken advantage of. It is of utmost importance to me, truly, that you never feel taken advantage of by me. This has actually caused a major shift in my work and something I'll get into a little bit today. And one of the reasons why I started using Rally, one of the reasons it really appeals to me is because it feels like an opportunity for everybody to benefit, not just a content creator. This is also one of the reasons that I've really stepped away from a lot of the influencer work and don't even use that term for myself because I found that a lot of the ways you can monetize in that space is by kind of taking advantage of people. It's being very salesy, always promoting things. And the industry has really shifted from creating valuable content to creating content that sells something. And I found myself feeling a bit used, feeling a bit like I was being taken advantage of. I mean, there's so many issues. I could do a whole separate episode on it. I know I've touched upon it in a bunch of episodes before, but it just lost its appeal. And mainly because I don't want someone like you to ever feel like I'm using you. That is an awful feeling. Who wants to feel that? You are valuable to me, whether I know you or not, whether we've talked before, whether you've just listened, whether this is the first episode you've ever listened to. I just cannot emphasize enough how valuable you are to me because that is at the core of connection and community, which are major things for me. They always have been, but I guess I just got a little off track and drawn into all these monetization avenues that ultimately did not align with me. So I've stepped back from it. I don't really make much money from sponsorships, brand deals anymore. Occasionally, I'll have a brand sponsor on this show. That's really the majority of any of those partnerships for me these days. But I don't do them on Instagram. I don't know if I've ever done any on TikTok. I've been offered them a ton. I mean, once you're in this world, people will approach you a lot. Once you start creating content, brands will start to offer you at least free products. And I just don't feel comfortable promoting things that frequently. And Rally has offered an opportunity for me to do things differently, but also benefit you at the same time. So let's dive into and start with what Rally is. If you go to rally.io, This is a website, as you'll see immediately, designed for creative communities. It is a network of what they call independent economies on the blockchain, which to me is is a word that I generally associate with cryptocurrency. I'm still learning a lot about blockchain right now. 
But I would just say like cryptocurrency (laughs) is an easier way if you've heard of Bitcoin. Maybe you've heard of Ethereum now. This is actually part of the Ethereum blockchain. And Rally was created to support content creators, whether they're like streamers or gamers. They also work with artists, musicians, various celebrities and athletes that are looking for ways to reward and engage their followers is what Rally calls it. I don't really like the term follower. So I'm a big fan of the word community, really finding ways to create true community. So these terms reward and engage with are really key. Engagement to me is like the greatest thing in the world. I've said this many times. It's worth repeating. Every episode that I do, feeling in touch with other people is amazing. I love getting comments and DMs and emails, even if I can't always keep up with them. I just love hearing from people like you. I do not like that feeling of putting something out there and never hearing anything back. It's kind of like when you send somebody a text message and they don't reply to you or an email and they don't reply to you. It it kind of sucks, right? You're doing it perhaps in hopes of getting a response. Certainly that's why I do this show. It's not meant to be a one-way thing. I really want it to be two-way. I want it to feel like communication. And so engagement is amazing. But the reward side of things, I think, is incredibly important too. And the way that Rally is set up is actually there are multiple tiers of rewards. And I don't want to get too techy with it today. So we'll see if I touch upon that. But it does have various ways that someone like you can be rewarded just for being supportive or for being engaged or for participating or for buying something. Rally to me is best summed up for someone who's brand new to it as like a reward system that you would get at the grocery store for your credit card, air miles. Like, you know, when you make a purchase and you get something additional back for it, That to me is how I like to view Rally. It can be used in different ways. And like I said, it can get very techy. I'm still learning so much about it. But I think the rewards is the best way to describe it quickly, but also appeal to people and say like, hey, there's value here. Versus what's been happening in the content creator world for so long is someone, and I'm going to say you right now because you're listening to this podcast, right? Hopefully you get value. Hopefully you're learning. Hopefully you're interested in something I'm talking about. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here. I don't know why you would listen. But right now you listen, you might get that value from like that stimulating your brain. It's like a mental, emotional value. But beyond that, nothing else, right? Versus when you do something like make a purchase with your credit card, perhaps you're doing that because you get a percentage back from making that purchase, which inspires you to do more of it, right? Or it it's an extra perk. Or if you go to your favorite coffee shop for your cafe and they stamp your card after 10 visits, you get a free drink or something, right? People love that sort of stuff. I certainly do. I love to get rewarded. I'm actually some person that thrives on rewards. And I feel like that's really important and going to become a really big part of content moving forward. I mean, how cool would it be if you watched Netflix and you got like a perk for watching X amount of shows? I feel like we should get stuff like that because Netflix isn't the greatest example given everything they're going through as a company. But it's an easy example to think about because when you're watching their programming, they're not just getting the value of you paying for it. Like they get your attention. And that's valuable because brands will pay someone like Netflix to get your attention in product placement, for example. Or if you're using Hulu, for example, which has commercials in it, which is always weird. I have the, quote, commercial-free Hulu plan, and I still have to watch commercials on some channels. Why? Because they can make more money by you sitting through a commercial, even if you mute it, even if you try to fast forward through it. Advertisers still want to try to get in your face to capture your attention. And it's been kind of unfair, to be honest, especially when we're paying for something, whether it's through our money or even our time. I think that we should get something back. But we've become so used to giving away our time, our money, and also our privacy. Your data is incredibly valuable. 
as you may have heard, if you're not paying a lot of attention, you probably even heard like a little bit of info about how ads are used. Like when you go to a website, you'll see a ton of ads on it. It's because that website platform is selling ad space to a company and that company values the ad space because it's getting in front of your eyes. Now, you might not be paying to look at that website, but they're paying to capture your attention. And your data is used in all sorts of crazy ways. If you're not paying close attention to giving away your email address or your zip code, telling people what your gender is or your age range, all these details about yourself, people use that to continue to market to you. And I think we've become so used to that. A lot of us feel like that's okay. I do and I do not at the same time. I still have a lot to learn about privacy. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable because it's ultimately coming back to people being used and taken advantage of in a lot of ways that they don't even realize what the long-term ramifications are, right? So I'm interested in how blockchain could potentially solve that or help that. Maybe not fully. I don't know if we can ever fully escape that, but it's reframing the way that we use the internet, the way that we consume content to give us more benefits, to give us more transparency, And I think that's important because I'm passionate about equality and justice and fairness. I want everybody to feel like they know what's going on, they're giving their permission, and they're getting benefits for whatever they do in their life and not being unknowingly taken advantage of, right? So this is what drew me to Rally, and this is why it was built. They describe on their website, rally.io, that They have designed this platform to empower content creators with the ability to launch and build their own digital economy that's independent from any specific platform, allowing them to connect with their fan communities like never before. Now, that's mostly looking at it from the creator side, right? So I think we see the benefits there for content creators. But what about if you are consuming? On their website, they say that by having holding, tipping, and transacting with what they call social tokens, which are essentially coins on this platform, you can show your loyalty and support to creators and gain the exclusive access and premium benefit that the creator offers. Coins are not limited by the relationship between the creator and what they call their fans, another word I don't love. Fans can also interact, engage, and reward one another, which is really neat. And if this is going above your head, don't worry. I was there myself. I'm going to try to walk you through this. And I think it's really important to understand as soon as possible because this is the way things are evolving right now. In fact, on the website, Rally says that you do not have to be crypto savvy to join and participate. They've worked really hard with the credit card companies, debit card companies to make using and signing up for this platform really easy and seamless. And I've certainly found that to be true. So that's kind of an overview of Rally. They have a really great FAQ section on their website, which I will link to if you want to dig in more. Now I want to transition over to some of the answers I want to give in this interview I mentioned. So when I'm at this event on May 2nd, I will be doing some sort of on-camera interview with Rally, and they asked some really great questions that I think will allow me to talk to you more about the benefits of this and how this is perhaps going to change everything for content world. Their first question is, what does Web3 mean to you? Now, if you don't know about Web3, this is an overarching term that encompasses the developments that are happening in blockchain with crypto and NFTs and decentralized finance. And all of this was foreign to me until somewhere between six to eight months ago when I got on the Rally platform and saw all the amazing things that they were developing. I knew I had to educate myself. So I've spent a ton of time, actually, mostly this year in 2022, studying this and connecting with people. This is also one of the reasons I'm going to this CEX event is because there's a whole Web3 track there so I can learn from other people. And I also have a separate podcast called Web3 with Whitney that I started to share my journey learning about Web3. If you feel more interested in it, I'm trying to take people through the basics of it as I go along. And it's becoming a big part of my career. So one of my goals of this episode is to educate you so that when you hear me talk about Web3, whether on this podcast or elsewhere, 
you don't feel in the dark. And Web3, I believe, is just the next phase of the internet. It's not something I believe we're going to be able to opt into. I don't think we have a choice. I think it's just the evolution. To give you an overview of it, I'm going to get into this question here. So for me, Web3 means democratic, transparent, engaged community with ownership. Those are keywords here. Democracy, democratizing the internet is one of the big keywords in Web3. Transparency is really big, especially in the blockchain world, because you're able to see transactions that people are making. It's really hard to hide things financially or hide activity there, which I think is really great for us. It might sound like insecure or not very secure, but there's a difference between transparency and security. Engagement with community, as I've just mentioned, is a huge part of this. And ownership is also a big, big word in the Web3 space because essentially you will be able to be part of it. Like if you buy my social token on Rally, which is called the Wellcoin, you can be basically owning a part of the work that I'm doing, owning a part of the community that I'm building. It's kind of like having stock options in a lot of ways. It's not exactly like stocks. I have an episode on Web3 with Whitney about the difference between cryptocurrency and stocks, which I think is helpful to understand. So I just use that term to like give you a general idea of this. The other big thing I see within this Web3 world and the meaning of it is the rights of creators. So I mentioned how I think a lot of the content creation world has become a bit too focused on money. There's a lot of people being taken advantage of, whether that's the content creator themselves or their community. There's just a lot about it that doesn't make me feel good. Alongside that with being taken advantage of, there are a lot of companies that are putting creators into contracts, for example, where they're giving away the rights to their content, the rights to their likeness, which is like their face and their voice. This is a huge reason why I pause doing sponsorships because the majority of the contracts and the legal documents that were being presented to me over the past few years were requiring me to give away usage of my likeness in perpetuity, which essentially means that a company could take a video that I made featuring their products and use that however, whenever they want for as long as they would like. So they might pay me $500 to do a TikTok video, which might sound like a lot of money, which is, it's really not that much money, but you know, $500 is a nice chunk, right? So I might be like, great, cool, I'm getting paid. I'm gonna spend all this time making a video. I am putting it out there to my audience and help them market it usually. I might even give them the video for them to use for their purposes. But when I sign away my likeness, they can take that video and never pay me again. They can put it in their ads. Actually, years ago, about 10 years ago, I think there was this one wonderful plant-based company that I loved. And they showed all this enthusiasm for having me be part of their marketing. They brought me out to a big photo shoot for multiple days. They wined and dined me. It was amazing. And then after all of that, I saw the contract and they wanted me to sign away rights to my likeness in perpetuity. And I was like, wait a second, you're saying that you can take all those photos that you took of me and put them in magazine ads, put them on billboards, like do whatever you want with them. What if I decide I don't like your company anymore? What if you do something that doesn't align with me? Great example is Amy's Kitchen. I was a really big fan of Amy's Kitchen. But if you didn't know this, in 2022, it came out that they haven't been treating their workers very fairly. And all these issues arose there was just a lot of shady things happening with that company, which was extremely disappointing. And had I, for example, been a, a big ambassador of Amy's Kitchen and given away my rights in perpetuity, they could continue to use my name and my photo on their advertising, even if I no longer align with them as a company. So I don't sign those deals anymore. I have in the past. That's the past. I can't change it. But I was pretty ignorant of it. So 
a long-winded way to say that that is a big thing about Web3 that appeals to me. So here are some of the reasons why. Web3 is being designed to enable people to have more trust and be able to verify things, to be able to build platforms that are built for a more democratic society. Web3 could potentially, if everything goes the way we're hoping, bring us a fairer internet that enables us as individuals to own and control who profits from one's time and information, just like I said. When you give away your time and your data, that is valuable. And you may not have control over who's doing what with that, that you're giving away, right? Through this trust and verification and the transparency, hopefully we'll be able to control that more and also make different decisions that are based in more information. Blockchain has a promise to upgrade security Essentially, by removing third parties from the equations, for example, centralized companies like Facebook, they're holding your data behind their own private vault of data, right, that you can't get to, or it's very complicated to get your data from them. You don't know what they're doing with it. They've taken it from you because you've given them permission. When you sign up for a website and they have the terms of service, most of us don't read that. Like, The information that we're saying that they can use, similar to the legal contracts I shared, is pretty nuts at times. I think a lot of people are waking up to it. And this is part of what's being built through Web3. People are saying, "Ah, I don't feel good about that anymore. Not to mention data breaches, security breaches. Many of us, if not most of us, I'd be willing to guess, have been part of some sort of data or security breach. And it feels so vulnerable. It's awful. And Web3 is trying to change that. In fact, data privacy and things like encrypting things, right, is really growing in popularity. I don't know if you're interested in this. I certainly am, right? There's different apps like WhatsApp is a great example. Discord became a big platform for communities. Same thing with Telegram. These platforms that allow you to encrypt your information are growing in people's interest and priorities And data privacy is one of the core tenants of Web3 as well, at least as it's currently being laid out. There's a lot about Web3 that we don't know yet. There's a lot about Web3 that's just a fantasy. And I don't think it's this perfect world. A lot of these things I'm bringing up sound like wonderful perks, but I do want to mention that none of this is guaranteed. But the more educated we are, I think the more that we can contribute to it and ask for things and advocate for them. People becoming more protective of their digital behavior is one big element, right? A few more things on this note is that Web3 isn't just about giving access to that content. It's about what you can do with it. And a word that really excites me about Web3 is utility. You see this a lot with NFTs, or or I certainly do. Maybe you haven't yet, but NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are the artwork that you see people paying all this money for, right? You may wonder, well, what is the purpose of that? That usually comes down to utility if the NFT is set up to offer that, meaning that when you pay for something, you are getting more beyond the apparent value of it. So you're not just buying a piece of artwork, for example, you are getting access to a special event. You are getting access to membership, for example. And I'm going to get into a little bit of that more later on. And Web3 is really set up to provide these tools for content creators like myself to offer you and for you to participate in. And maybe you get involved too. It's, it's certainly not a one-way street. This is two ways. Anybody can do this. This idea that it is becoming easier for someone like me to own content and maintain access to people like you is really what it boils down to. And another way that I enjoy looking at this is we're moving away, hopefully, from the attention economy, as I've outlined, to the ownership economy that's changing the balance of power, meaning that you have more ownership and the creators that you're supporting have more ownership. Jack Conti, who created Patreon, said that it's shifting power away from institutions and towards individual creative people. And Patreon is worth mentioning too, because I look at Rally as similar but better to Patreon. 
I have a Patreon for Wellevator. I've had a Patreon for Eco Vegan Gal. I am going to start offering rally social tokens, the cryptocurrency that I have as perks to Patreon supporters. But I'm also thinking that eventually I want to dissolve Patreon and just connect with people through a platform like Rally. If you're a Patreon supporter, by the way, that is so meaningful to me. Thank you for supporting. I will be sending you some Rally that's been on my plan for a long time. I might even use this episode as a way to educate my Rally supporters. I'm my Patreon supporters because I want to give it all away. And speaking of which, even if you're not supporting Wellevator on Patreon, I would love to give you some of the Rally coin. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more, but I'm just going to pause here to say that I have been working on all different ways to distribute it to people for free. Why? Because Rally invested in me as a creator. They gave me like a seed fund and other people have supported me on there. So I have been generating cryptocurrency. I have more than enough for myself. And so I don't need it all. And I would love to give some to you completely for free, no strings attached, just as a way for you to understand this platform. That to me is like one of the greatest things that's come out of this. And anyways, I just want to mention that since I mentioned Patreon. This actual next question from Rally kind of ties into that same element of what I just discussed, which is what is the most successful decision in growing your token economy? For me, it is that I'm giving away community rewards as thank you gifts. I'm giving them away to reward participation. I've been doing this on my other podcast, Web3 with Whitney, where if people submit questions to me, if people interact with me anywhere in that show, I will send them Rally. I did that as a test because there's a lot of tech that I have to figure out to distribute that, but it's worked really well. And so that's why I'm excited to offer that as well to you. And yeah, I mean, that's just as simple as it is. Like, because me giving it to you is part of the ability I have as being on that platform. It's part of being generous. But with you on the platform, it benefits me and everybody else because basically the way that the system works is like the more people, the better it benefits everyone. Kind of, I guess kind of stocks work the same way. So when more people join Rally, value of it goes up. And simply by you having a vested amount in the Rally platform, you get rewarded. In fact, Rally literally pays out essentially dividends to people. They call it Rally Rewards. Every single week, that you are holding on to social tokens, whether it's mine with the Wellcoin or anybody else. All There's, I think now, between 200 to 300 people on this platform that have their own economies. You could have coins and various. I think I have like supporting like 40 different people in there. And for every single coin that I have, I get rewarded for it each week, dependent on the growth. So as each of those social tokens grows, so does your finances. Basically, the simplest way to say it. Let me outline it in case this isn't clear. So I have the Wellcoin. You would go to rally.io slash, I think, creator slash well. I'll link to it in the <laughs> show notes for this episode. Or you can just go to rally.io. If you search for well, W-E-L-L, you'll find my coin. And let's say you bought $5 worth of it. You would get whatever, however many coins based on the price point of that. And those are just sitting in your account. And you could use those coins to support other people. So you could trade my coins for somebody else's. Great example is my friend Brian. He has a coin called ADHD coin. Let's say you got 100 well coins. You could take 50 of those and give them to ADHD. So you'd still have 100 coins on Rally, but you'd be supporting me and Brian splitting at 50-50. Based on the growth that each of us are having, you could receive rewards for that just by holding it there. It's kind of like having a savings account, having stock dividends, right? Just by keeping your money there, you'll get rewarded. It's really neat. Then at any time you want, you can take that and transition it into other cryptocurrency or even fiat US dollars. For example, you can put it right back into your bank account at any point and cash out essentially. So very similar to how the stock market works. And I think that's brilliant. Also, people like me will reward you for holding on to the coin 
So if you hold a hundred coins, for example, I might send you a few more every few months. I might send you bonuses. People like me have the opportunity to do that. It's up to each of us as individuals. You can buy NFTs on the Rally platform. Like there's a lot you can do in there. It also kind of reminds me being at amusement park or an arcade where you go in there and you like, let's say it's Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know, the easiest or Dave and Buster's. I think in Dave and Buster's, you have to like put money onto a card and then you can carry around that card and use it to play games, right? But all your money, the fiat money put in is now in Dave and Buster's coins. Very similar thing in Rally, except you're not just spending money, you're making money on the platform. I think it's really neat. Okay, next question from Rally. What's one piece of advice you'd give creators looking to make the transition into Web3? Now, if you're not a content creator, this may not interest you at first glance or listen, but maybe you'll at least get a peek into where content creation is going. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are in the creator world because all podcasters are content creators, right? If you're on social media, you're seeing content creators. If you're on YouTube, on Netflix, all of that's content. So you may be interested in just hearing what the business is like from behind the scenes. My advice is that other creators focus on community. There's a great tweet that I read from Rex Woodbury on Twitter, at Rex underscore Woodbury, who said, in the future, instead of measuring a creator's clout based on her Instagram following, we'll point to her market cap. That's the idea here with Rally. And I love that because it's taking away the emphasis on how many followers and likes people get. It's just silly to me. That has nothing to do with community. A lot of content creators throw around the word community. I certainly have in the past. I've always liked that word over saying my fans, my audience. Those words feel icky to me because they feel like I'm only benefiting. But community has always appealed to me because it involves everybody benefiting. And given that there are a lot of opportunities for that in Web3, I hope that more creators do that. I hope that they evolve away from being content producers to human connectors. I love that term. I don't think I came up with that. These are a bunch of notes that I'm reading from. I feel like somebody else wrote that and I wish I could remember off the top of my head because it's so great. Or if I did come up with that, I want to give myself a pat on the back because human connection is so amazing. And I hope that content creators who use social tokens like Rally Offers are not just doing it to create a proverbial velvet rope. My intention is not to exclude anybody. Like I said, inclusivity is so important to me. I want it to be that I'm providing perks for access, not limiting access to people that support me financially. I think that can be very detrimental. And actually going back to the community statement, there's a wonderful quote from this white paper I read called From Dependence to Independence, The Rise of the Independent Creator. It's a great read, especially if you're a content creator or if you're someone who's interested in the developments and the trajectory that we're on. And in this white paper, it says, for too long, we've been getting our terminology mixed up, calling audiences built on social platforms, quote, communities, when they're anything but. A community isn't built on DMs and comment feeds. A community doesn't require you to fight for attention with every post or story. That's an audience, not a community. I'm so passionate about this. It gets me really fired up because I want to build a real relationship with you. I want to build a real community in every sense of it. I mean, this is like the biggest focus for me right now. Well, I guess I shouldn't say the biggest focus. (laughs) It's one of my big focuses. I have a lot of passions and I'm constantly thinking about community. I'm reading books on it and taking classes and going to these conferences. Like I want to understand how to build it. And it's hard. I've been running my Beyond Measure community for almost two years now. It launched in summer 2020. And man, that has been amazing, but so challenging because I've had to learn how to communicate with people in an effective way. I've had to learn how to structure things that appeal to them and offer value. And there's still so much of it I don't understand. If you do decide to join Beyond Measure, which is completely free, right now at least, I'm actually moving towards a paid structure because I've added features 
that have become costly for me. So I need to offset that a little bit. My goal is always to make Beyond Measure accessible. And part of that is so I can do things like offer rally rewards, which have become a big thing in the past few months since February 2022. I have been experimenting with rewarding people for participating. So for example, if somebody posts in the community, they seem very active, they're asking questions, they're sharing things with other people, they get rewards for that. If they're commenting a lot, if they're showing their support for people who are posting these things, they get rewarded for that. If they're showing up to our live group calls that we have, they're rewarded for that. Every month I pick four to five members in the group that have been like the top participants and I give them free rally, which they can do whatever they please with. And that really excites me. But going back to what community means, and this is a huge part of Beyond Measure, is that it's aiming to bind people together based on their shared value and giving them shared incentives. It's motivating people to connect and transform together. It's making decisions together for each other, with each other. This is huge. It's sharing the benefits and the upsides with everybody. This is what community means to me in a true way. Not just as that white paper said that it's about you liking my content and me thanking you for it. That's the old model. But the new model is that by you engaging, you're rewarded along with it. But maybe you're also voting what content gets created Maybe you're doing things along with me, right? It's not just me showing off my life to you as so much of content creation has been over time. There's also this great quote from a man named Brendan Gahan, not sure how to pronounce his last name, G-A-H-A-N, who said, be transparent, add value, engage, be nimble, adapt, listen versus disrupt. Even the word listen like makes me so happy, right? Because so much of us either feel like we're begging people to listen to us or we feel like no one's listening to us. And so we don't even try anymore. Or maybe we're not listening to other people because we're so busy trying to get their attention or we're so busy trying to get validation, right? Like really listening to me is like a beautiful skill that each of us can work on. It makes a world of difference in our communication, especially as a community. But our one-on-one relationships, as you probably know, especially romantically, you have to work on listening. Otherwise, your partner's not going to feel heard, right? But this transparency, adding value, engaging with people, that is so big. So this brings up a lot of passion for me. And it ties into the next question. What is your biggest dream for your social token? Comes down to two things for me. Well, I'm pausing here. (laughs) It's interesting that I wrote this down. Okay, so let me read it and then I'm going to adapt it. To fully transition away from selling products and services to make actual change within my community. The caveat here is I really enjoy offering services to people and I like getting paid for them, right? I do that. With a lot of small businesses, as I've mentioned, I offer content strategy, social media strategy, and now Web3 strategy is going to become part of my offering podcast strategy. These are things people pay me for. Those are a service, right? So I actually don't want to say I'm going to fully transition away from that. But I think I wrote that down because in the past, especially with my brand Eco Vegan Gal, it was based around monetizing through products and services and then eventually sponsorships, which essentially are a service in a way. And like I said, it just doesn't resonate with me. I don't want to always be talking about the book that I have, my ebook, my physical book. I don't want to always talk about my t-shirts, the various merchandise I've offered. I don't want to always be recommending products to people so I can make affiliate commissions or get sponsors. That was draining to me. It wasn't always in alignment with me. It was complex legally, like so many factors. I would so much rather find a way to connect with you, to build the community with you, and that we would all experience change together. So that is my biggest dream. Simultaneously, moving away from the traditional donation model, like Patreon, for example, in which you're paying someone like me just so I can get the benefits from you. I mean, certainly on Patreon, you can offer perks I've experimented with that, but it's actually really tough. (laughs) Patreon has never felt easy to me. 
but that's another story. What I'd like to move to is a value model in which you're getting something because it benefits you. That's where I really see things headed, whether that's the connection that benefits you, whether you're learning and that benefits you, whether you're getting rally rewards and that benefits you financially, that is so much more exciting. That's why I'm focusing on all of this. Next question is, how has creating a social token affected your ability to grow your content business while pursuing your personal well-being and alternative interests? I think that they created this question for me. (laughs) They're going to be interviewing a few people and I love it, right? I have to think this out more, actually. I only have a few notes so far. Number one is that I think it is shifting things where it's not about getting a ton of followers. That has been very detrimental to my mental health. This constant striving to get more people to follow me, to like my content, to comment, engage, all of that stuff is exhausting. It's not easy. And it's encouraged me to go in directions that weren't in alignment for me, right? It's encouraged me to burn out because I'm working all the time. It's encouraged me to alter my image so that I can try to look more visually pleasing for people because that seems to get more engagement. It's encouraged me to just do things that didn't really feel good, but I was doing them to get attention and essentially money. And I just don't want to be part of that anymore. So it's not just me either. I mean, that white paper that I mentioned about the independent creator gets into detail about this. And I think I have notes on that elsewhere. So I'll come back around to it. But Rally was built on this belief that creators and their communities are creating something together that is unique and powerful. And because I've been building that with you already on this podcast, because I've been building that for 14 plus years with the rest of my work in the content world, we should be keeping that connection and not making it about growing all the time. The reason my community is called Beyond Measure is because I don't want it to be about how many followers I have or you have. I don't want it to be about how either one of us look, how much money we make, where we're from, what we look like, on and on, all these external measurements. That's not what I care about. What I've always cared about and what I'm working on bringing into all parts of my work is about that deep connection based on our inherent worth and value to one another. And that value is based in our hearts. That is based on our souls, our passion, our purpose. That's based on our knowledge and our skills that we can offer. That's what makes up community to me. There have always been issues with communities in human history. But sometimes I think back to the days in which people just bartered their services instead of paying for things. Like, that sounds kind of cool. Always been kind of drawn to that. Like, what would a moneyless society be like? Now, ironically, I'm on a platform that is based on financial interest for everybody, but I'm actually not that interested in making money from it. I just like the idea of circulating money amongst people because to me, it's like the current version of that. It's like we are all part of something. We can pay our bills. We can support ourselves. We can do things that we enjoy. Money helps us get that, but it's ultimately coming down to How are we offering value to people alongside feeling financially stable? And money, of course, is a big part of our well-being, right? Like we can't deny that. So I really want to emphasize that my goal with helping people feel included, making things fair, equalizing things, democratizing it, right? That is tied into the fact that I believe that you too should be compensated for your value. I believe that you deserve some sort of reward for listening to my podcast. If I'm going to benefit from creating a podcast, why shouldn't you? Without you, a podcast like mine doesn't have a lot of value. Truly. The big podcasters out there would completely crumble if they didn't have listeners because their listeners are the way that they get sponsors. That's how most podcasts monetize. But I would like to move away from that and do less and less and maybe completely cut out sponsors and just focus on this rally platform because collectively, all of us being part of something, we could reach some financial stability together. Now, of course, it's not that easy. 
And I'm also always going to be transparent with you that I'm not guaranteeing everything. As I've said from the beginning, this is never meant to be an MLM. So I'm taking a cautious approach to positioning that way. It's just the idea of it. It's the idea that we could all benefit. That's what I'm after. I still have to learn a lot about how exactly that works. And this is also not to say that it's some utopian vision for society, that it's so perfect and easy. I don't think so. These are just the benefits of it, but that doesn't mean that there's not going to be some drawbacks, right? And I also think there's going to be a lot of shifts. There's changes. And by the way, there will be people taking advantage of others alongside all of this. We have been so set up in this capitalistic world that we're in or society or time that we're in to view everything as a way, an opportunity to make money. So while I value money for our well-being because we need money to pay for housing and food and water and clothing, all our basic needs require money for the most part. So we need to get it from somewhere. To me, I'm not in alignment with people who have more than enough and then start taking advantage of other people to get even more. Doesn't make me feel very good. Now, some people enjoy that. Some people are okay with that. I think money is very complicated. I'm not a financialist. I still have a lot of ignorance around how things are structured. And I'm not shaming anyone who views life through that. But because I've been on the mental health side of things and knowing how burnt out I've become trying to hustle all the time to make more money doesn't make me feel good. And I don't want to live in a world where I always have to hustle just to pay my bills. I don't want to live in the world where I have to take advantage of people to make more money for something that I don't really need. Ideally, we would have more equality. But again, this is where I still have a lot of growing and knowledge to build. And it's certainly not simple. Okay, just two more questions here before I wrap up. How might Web3 and blockchain evolve or change the wellness industry? This is very exciting for me. This is becoming my big passion in this space beyond the community side of things is better understanding how to support people's well-being throughout all the technology and business changes that we're going through. So I took a few notes here. One is this amazing woman in the Web3 space. It's really worth following on Twitter. Her name is Li Jin. It's L-I, her first name. Last name is Jin, J-I-N. And she wrote an article with Katie Perot, perhaps, or it could be Parrot, probably not Parrot. (laughs) Oh gosh, I wish there was a tool out there that would read back somebody's last name for me so I would not mess it up. Can somebody build that? I would give you lots of rally coins if you build that tool for me. (laughs) Anyway, so Lee and, and Katie wrote this article that I'll link to. In it, there's a great quote that says, for the last decade, We've lived in a period in which ownership has been concentrated among a few centralized technology platforms, which owned the data, end-user relationships, and the means of distributing and monetizing content. While user-generated content creation exploded during this period, it also caused reliance on a handful of new gatekeepers, widespread burnout, and economic unsustainability for the vast majority of creators. And that is why... I think we need to prioritize well-being and focus on the things that I've mentioned here today when we're in this Web3 space, when we're transitioning into it. I hope that creators and their audiences or their, gosh, let me move that word aside, creators and hopefully their communities do not experience as much burnout, do not experience the economic unsustainability, right? And also don't have to deal with all these gatekeepers, these people that are taking advantage of them, the people that are controlling all of the data, the people that are taking a huge cut of money. So well-being is tied into all of that because none of those things make us feel good. They have caused massive mental health issues for content creators. And I think there's a ripple effect to the people who are consuming the content too. Secondly, one of the key challenges facing influencers and content creators is income volatility because Many of us need to constantly produce new content and or increase our visibility in order to generate revenue, as I've mentioned. And I think this section came from that white paper that I mentioned earlier about the independent creator. By creating investment vehicles in their own name, creators and artists can 
hedge against a sudden unpredictable loss of income, as well as decrease their dependence on platforms like Instagram, YouTube, or Twitch, where they currently make most of their money. That might have come from a rally article. Let me pull this up so I can properly (laughs) attribute it. Oh yeah, I did. That came from this article that is by Mercedes Bent called The Creator Coins and the Future of Income. I will link to this along with everything else so that you can easily see it, but I want to fully attribute it. Income, as I've mentioned, ties into our well-being. And I think this is why things have just become a bit out of hand. I spend a lot of time reflecting on and examining, researching the creator industry, the creator economy, as it's called. And I see how so many people that started creating content out of a desire to connect end up getting so caught up in the monetization side of it that they're not really even themselves anymore. I've seen people who fall into this world because it feels good on the ego. It feels good to get likes. It feels good to get attention and feel validated. I certainly have felt that, right? But it also feels bad when you feel like you're faking it all the time and nobody really knows who you really are. It feels bad when you don't get the likes that you want. It feels bad when your followers suddenly disappear. It feels bad when the algorithm changes on a platform and suddenly you're not getting as much exposure. I mean, the mental health roller coaster that most creators have been on for years is not good. That white paper I keep mentioning really outlines it well. And I'm hoping that the way social tokens are set up can change that based on everything that I've said today. And lastly, there's a quote from Tiffany Zong who said, democratizing access means that everyone, not just a select few, will have the same opportunity to build. And as I mentioned, inclusivity is so key. Now, I also want to make some notes, something that I need to think more of is how the wellness industry, I mean, I think that I'm already seeing some brands create NFTs, for example, and private memberships and build communities. I think that's changing a lot of things right now. Whether that's a good thing remains to be seen. I think there's a lot of money grabs happening right now. There's a lot of people trying to capitalize on all the new cryptocurrency developments and NFTs. And that makes me nervous. (laughs) I think we have to be very cautious when it comes to money and wellness. Because Yes, they are part of each other. But if somebody feels like they have to spend money in order to feel well, that can be really dangerous. And a lot of companies have taken advantage of people saying like, buy my product and you're going to get all these results. I mean, this is another reason like I started to step away from the influencer world is like with my work with Eco Vegan Gal, I was sometimes falling into that trap of like promoting diets and certain foods and like doing all this stuff that like, when I look at it now, I think, wow, was I sharing information with people that was detrimental to them? I really try hard not to do this on this show, but I may still inadvertently do it here. Like it is tough. And that's why I'm committed to transparency and community. This is one of the big things too, right? The community element of it takes a lot of my power away. And that's a good thing. I think influencers, content creators, people in the wellness space have been following this model of power. It's like, listen to me. I'm the expert. Watch me. I know what I'm doing. Learn from me, the teacher. Like, And then we get into this mode of the audience. And what naturally starts to happen is we see them in this leadership role and we trust them. But not everybody in the wellness world, especially on the content creation side, is trustworthy. A lot of content creators are making everything up. A lot of content creators are repeating what somebody else said that was made up. They're not researching. They're not doctors or scientists. These are people that are just guessing, that are swearing that you'll get the same results if you do the same thing as them. And that's incredibly dangerous physically and mentally. So I've really tried to step away from that. I don't think it's good. I've had to work on how I phrase things. Even as I've been talking today about Web3, I want to acknowledge every step in the way that I'm new to this. I'm not an expert. I don't have it all figured out. This is evolving. A lot of these things are ideas. We are in this together. That's my goal. That's why I want that community element. And I think the community just keeps coming back around. 
because the answers to me lay or lie. (laughs) The answers are in community. I want to empower you to call me out. I want to empower you to share your thoughts on things. I want to empower you to be part of the conversation. I might not always agree with you. I encourage you to be kind. I will not deal with people who are disrespectful. I had to go through a lot of that in my career. People that just want to say that I am wrong. That's not the energy. energy. (laughs) Even that sounds not quite right. That's not the environment that I want. The environment I want is when you say, I hear what you're saying. I listened to what you said. And I would like to share a different perspective. I tried what you tried. It didn't work for me, but this did. Do you want to try that too, right? Where we truly listen to one another and contribute kindly. We move our egos away as much as we possibly can. I don't know if that's fully ever possible, but really say, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm not just doing this to make myself feel good. I'm not just doing this to get attention. I'm doing this because I believe in the community and I want everybody to feel good. I want to learn from you just as much as I want to teach you, right? That's where I think the evolution could head with this. Lastly, Rally asked, what would you tell someone who's skeptical about social tokens and NFTs? I would say, do your research. If you're at the end of this podcast saying, I don't know if I trust Whitney, that's okay. I don't want you to trust me completely because I don't have all the answers. You can research, you can start with the articles that I've linked in the show notes. You can follow people on Twitter, watch videos on YouTube, go to conferences if you're really into it, listen to other podcasts. In fact, I just did a deep dive into Web3 podcasts recently for one of my clients and trying to think like, should I share? Basically, if you would like other podcasts about Web3, I will refer you to them. You can start with my show, Web3 with Whitney, but that's me again. So if you want to know other podcasts I have researched, I will share them. I haven't listened to a lot of them. The only one I can share with complete confidence is called NFT 365. That's hosted by my friend, Brian Fanzo. And I think he's awesome. He's been a content creator for a long time. He has ADHD, neurodivergent as well. He's a really good guy. He just talks about NFTs, but oftentimes there will be elements of his content that incorporates other elements of Web3. And he's also on Rally. So you can hear more about Rally from him too. So that's really where I would say is just talk to other people, listen to other people, learn from other people, and then start building up your knowledge base that you can share it too. If we are truly in community, we're passing around the knowledge and everybody's contributing. So I hope that you are contributing too. I hope that you feel inspired and uplifted and excited about this instead of feeling overwhelmed. If you do feel overwhelmed, that's okay. That's normal and natural. When we're doing new things, we're talking about change and transition. But my goal is to guide you through that. So that's where this podcast is. Beyond Measure is there for you at any point. If you want to dive into the community I've been developing, there's a link to it. Or you can go to WhitneyLauritsen.com where I have a link to Beyond Measure there. And I would love to reward you with Rally. I'm also working on a way to reward newsletter subscribers. If you want to sign up for the newsletter for this, I'm just trying to find out everywhere I can possibly reward. So I would love to reward you. If you have not found a place where you feel comfortable, send me a message, send me an email. I'll send you some rewards. Depending on when you listen, I guess this show could be out for, you could be listening to this show a year or two later, hopefully. If that's the case, hopefully Rally's still around (laughs) and I'm still doing beyond measure. So everything could be timely, but messaging me is always the best way. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to support you however I can. That is my big aim. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful and at least interesting to you. Again, when you listen to this episode, if it is the week of May 2nd, 2022, I will be at that event. So you can check out social media. I will share more podcast episodes on what I've learned and whatever else you're curious of. Just ask me. Send me a Twitter message or an Instagram DM or however it feels easiest for you. I am here. I am listening and I'm grateful for you. Thank you. And I'll be back again this Friday with another guest episode. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to WellEvator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.